Hello and welcome back to Addictive Talk. This is episode 10 and we're going to be discussing inner child work. Um, also going through some questions we've had through on Instagram that people want answered. Um, in addition to that, this is the first episode of Addictive Talk that will be viewable and watchable on Milton Keynes television. So, Stu, you want to fire away? Okay, so the first question that appealed from social media was on trauma bonds. And this person, won't say their name, said, uh, trauma bonds with toxic exes. How do you break that bond when meeting new people? Mm. Well, I think before you go and meet new people is probably the ideal situation, right? Um, if you're still trauma bonded to a an ex then it's going to cause problems with the new relationship, I think. I think you, my advice would be to have more time understanding why you were bonded, what what was the reason. If it's a trauma bond, you need to understand what that was and don't confuse trauma bonding with love. If you know it's a trauma bond and you still feel that connection towards that person, then you need to, to sever it. You need to do that with either time or self-reflection, understanding yourself more, understanding why you felt that your pain and suffering was something that you should connect with somebody else with over instead of something positive like how amazing or how wonderful you are. You know, it's it's bonding. I always find that bonding over something negative, it doesn't spawn for anything long-lasting and positive. It's, 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 it's started on something dark and negative, I always feel. So then that can only end badly in my own experience as well. I've never had anything that started off with this bond over, you know, it's where you share trauma bond is where you share something about you're vulnerable about a pain or a suffering or trauma that you've been through. And the other person then blurts out all of their shit as well. And then you both go, Oh, we're both broken. (laughs) So then you're two broken people trying to, trying to heal each other. And that tends to never work or it's very, very difficult to make it work. I imagine there must be situations where people have healed themselves whilst being in a relationship um, but it, I imagine, would be a lot more challenging than if you were to meet somebody where the bond wasn't over trauma. It was over admiration and love and passion. Mm. Cool. Next yeah. question. What's the next Instagram one? Uh, next Instagram one it just says bro code. Oh, yeah, I liked this one. So my my guess, <laughs> my guess was what this person wanted to know was like, what were my thoughts on bro code, which essentially, if anybody doesn't know, bro code is basically where you are bound to lie for friends, right? Mm-hmm. So, you, for example, if you went on a night out, they cheated on their girlfriend, their girlfriend asks them a question about their partner and do you lie for them? that kind of scenario or how I guess it's how far are you willing to go or how far should you have to go to lie for your friends? Mm. If you'd have asked me 10 years ago, I'd have said, I'll die. I'll die for my friends. I'll, I'll, you know, I'll lie till the end, you know, because that's what I thought was the right thing to do. Um, I do not think that a real friend should ever ask you or put you in a position where you should mm. lie for them. That should be the bro code, in my opinion. The bro code is I'll never put you in a position where you need to disrespect yourself by lying for me. I've put you in a position where you have to compromise your own integrity. I don't think any real friend should do that to you. 
I think um, real friendships should be based on truth and openness and honesty. And if they're putting them in a vulnerable situation like that, where they're witnessing their behaviour, which then could lead them to be in a sticky situation where somebody asks for the truth and then they're expected to lie, I think that's incredibly unfair. Mm. I don't think that's being a good friend. Um, dealing with that situation, personally, I would always be honest. Um, unless... If it's really compromising a friend, then I, would, I wouldn't I would lie for them, but I wouldn't tell the truth either. Do you know what I mean? It's not my place. Mm. It's not my place to to say, oh, you're, you're, yeah, he cheated on you. That's not my place. That's a conversation you have with him, mm. if he's going to so, tell you the truth. So in that in that situation, what would what would your reaction be? So if I knew that one of my friends cheated on their yeah, missus... Say, say you went out on a night out with one of your friends mm. and they you literally saw them cheat and they were like, don't tell Sally. Just made yeah, her name yeah. up. They were like, don't tell her. And then she come to you a couple of days later and she was like, D -d I've heard that he might have. Did he cheat on me? What would your, react what would your immediate reaction be to that? I would say you need to speak to him about that. It's unfair that you asked me that question and put me in a position, you know, I'm, I'm his friend, you know, and whatever, whatever's going on between you two has nothing to do with me. So good answer. You need to go and you need to go and speak to him. It's really not appropriate that you're you're trying to get me to tell you information about one of my friends. You need to have that conversation with him. But then I would go and speak to my mate and say, listen, you put me in a really fucking awkward position. I don't like having to do that. Mm. So don't ever put me in that position ever again. Mm. I'm not, next time I'll t I will tell him because you're fucking up what you're doing. I don't like what you're doing. I don't agree with what you're doing. Mm. So that's how I would deal. I mean, <laughs> that's how I would deal with that situation. But everybody's different. Some people might have a totally different view and say, oh, I'll live till, I'll, you know, I'll do, I'll say and do whatever I need to for my friends. Mm. So, okay, well, I just don't think friends should be putting anybody in a position where they should have to lie for their friends. Mm. Like, if you're embarrassed of your behaviour and ashamed of it, then you shouldn't be doing it. End of. Don't put your friends in positions where they have to lie for you and, and then basically break their own integrity. That's... Yeah, it's unfair. Okay, they were pretty much some of the best questions that we received. Moving on to a more specific subject, inner child. Well suited as the first question around inner child. What is inner child? There's various ways that inner child's been described that I've understood. So you like different things you could say. It's your adult and your child, human and your chimp, ego versus um, true self. But ultimately, it's a part of you that's the purest, the the most adolescent part of you that we have within us at all times, and we carry it around with us, and it's been there since birth, and it's it's opinions and views of life and the world and friendships and love and everything, everything that you can possibly think of in life is attached to your inner child's thoughts and belief, thoughts and beliefs. So to not have a relationship with it is almost an abandonment of your inner child because what happens is your inner child creates a perception of the world when you are naught to five mainly. And what happens between the ages of naught to five then determines a lot of how you're going to view the rest of your life because 
when you become an adult, your inner child is kind of left living there and it's still got its conceptions around what the idea, what the idea of the world means to it, to him or her. Mm. And that, that is purely based on its exposure. So whatever happens in its, in its, in your early days. So if you've got terrible parents that are abusive and neglectful, that's generally the the way it's going to see the world, and it's going to be, and it's going to create a way in which it can survive, which is in a a, a massive load of diff, a massive load of behaviours that aren't conventional, that aren't helpful, that aren't supportive in an adult life. But for example, you could be very scared of the dark, as an example, because say something traumatic really something really awful happened to you in the dark. Mm. And then as an adult, you can't bear to be in the dark, but you know, but it's because your child is still terrified of the dark. It's mm. left, hasn't healed, hasn't, it's, it's basically say, it's said to you, right, we can't be in the dark because that's terrifying. So now we have to live in a way that enables us to stay away from the dark. Mm. And it's like, well, is that realistic for an adult to live in the light all the time? No. But um, so that's in essence what an inner child is. It's with you all the time. It's formed its its opinions and beliefs of the world through the ages of naught to five, up to maybe even up to ten years old. And if you don't have a relationship with it, it stays with those thoughts and beliefs, and basically creates behaviours in you to protect itself from those thoughts and beliefs in an adult setting. Which, if you had a very difficult upbringing it will make you very dysfunctional and capable of building and forming real relationships in many ways. Mm. Mm. So do you, do you think, um, it's funny you just said that. So so you literally think that adults that are scared of the dark, that's where that comes from. For sure. Really? Yeah. It means that they, they never got over their original fear, right? Mm. Yeah. You know, so there's something happened, maybe they had a terrible dream or maybe something happened in the dark when they were a kid and it, it, Mm. It, it basically triggered a response within that child, right, now I need to have the light on. Mm. That's the behaviour, right, I can't be in the dark. But then as a child, it's okay, right? Okay, oh, okay, scared of the dark. But then if you get to an adult, you're still scared yeah, of yeah. the dark. It's like, it's a little bit, mm. um, yes, yeah, unrealistic to, to want to stay in the light all the time as an adult. Yeah. Almost a little bit perhaps embarrassing yeah, <laughs> to yeah. be an adult. Yeah. And still be afraid of the dark, but that's because they've never spoke with their inner child. They've never got in touch with them and under- and processed that fear, and got to a point where they help their inner child understand that actually you don't need to be afraid of the dark. I know we had that experience, mm. but here I'm going to hold your hand. We're going to step into the dark together, and I'm going to look after you. Mm. And that's essentially the process of 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 working with your inner child. Which but is a question on here for later. That is generally one of the processes or one of the many ways in which you will work with them. And it is about really helping them live in today's world in present in the present moment. Because bear in mind, you know, this is these behaviours and thoughts and beliefs are from years and years and years ago, but they're still living like they're there. And they're subconsciously controlling the way that you act, treat people, see people the way you believe things and see things to be. So, yeah, it's the fact that we're not taught this at a very young age is almost criminal, I feel, that we are not taught how to 
um, nurture our inner child from a younger age because everybody's lives would be very different, I think, if we were able to do that. Mm. Okay, the next question was, how is the inner child so vital to growth? I don't think we can move forward without it because it is it is us it is our subconscious um it is our subconscious mind that is trying to protect us based on its view of the world and obviously that is formed based on the experiences that it had when it went through the ages of 0 to 10 but also i think the inner child is the purest form of us it is the closest to what was before and whatever happens after to uh, when we die and what energy we was before conception is the closest back to our truest self. So that's why that's where we're all trying to get back to. That should be the goal. We're, we're trying to get back to the, the truest form of ourselves, especially to anybody who's had traumatic experiences through childhood that have really warped and tainted a person's view of love and friendship and the world in general. So we have to go back to that infancy. We have to try and get to our, our truest self because that's the key to everything. The answers for everything that we want, the changes that we want, who we want to be, it's already there. We were already it. It was only through exposure to the world around us that we became opinionated upon ourselves that we weren't enough the child is enough on its own it, it when it was born it was enough it never felt inadequacies of any kind it felt pure joy and wonder all the time you know which is probably hard to to remember when you hear a screaming baby on an airplane and you want to you know rip your eardrums out <laughs> but it is it is that purity it is that um clean heart that is us that we need to get back to. And that's the only way to grow is to understand what it feels about itself, what it feels about the world, what it feels about humans and love and everything and everyone around us, because it is all orchestrated from the child, everything. I don't know how much people are aware of how much is in their subconscious that their inner child is essentially orchestrating the way they think, the way they speak, the way they behave, the way they treat others, the way um, they treat themselves, the way they think of themselves. Everything is the child. It's, they hold the keys to everything. Mm -hmm. So I, I think if everybody focused on that, they will start to see themselves for who they really are, not what they've pretended them, uh, what they've pretended to be in order to feel adequate in today's society. It's like, okay, you can... If you look deep enough and you start to understand the truth, the true nature of yourself, that's when you're connecting with that child. And then you, what you can do is enable them to be present, to live in the present, because they've basically built a life or they've bought, built a thought process and feelings based on what they saw throughout their childhood. But that doesn't marry up to the reality of present, the present day. So like I said about, you know, living in daylight all the time or having the lights on all the time. It's like, well, you can't be realistically expecting that to happen. And that goes to in, in everything. Like, it's, you, 
when people start to actually look at how much their inner child controls what they do, what they think and what they say and how they feel, they will be absolutely mind blown. Absolutely mind blown that, oh, okay, I only feel this way because my child thinks this because this happened 25 years ago. Oh, wow, big one. And it won't just be one or two or three things or or different behaviours. It will be almost like 90% mm. of everything they think and do. And it's like, wow, why haven't I not looked in this space before? But I'll tell you why people don't look, because it really hurts. Mm. It really, In order f- for you to bring your child out from where it is, which is in the past, essentially, it lives in the, in the arena that it grew up in. So for you to take it out, you have to go back mm. to that arena. You have to look at the environment. You have to understand why it thinks and feels the way it does so that then you can bring it into the present safely by almost showing them that, that that stuff shouldn't have happened or that that may have happened, but it doesn't mean what you think it means. It actually just means this about that person. It just means that they had a problem. It's nothing to do with you and it's not what happens every day. So we don't need to live and protect ourselves in the way that you've been making me. Actually, we can live this way. This is how we can live in the present. It's like, okay, so you've closed down that one, you've closed down that one avenue of maybe fear or pain or suffering so that we don't actually, that can now enable us to let go of a behavior. But there are so many, you know, there are so, so many that the work is, I think, forever ongoing. The discoveries that you make, because what the child also does is it buries things. Right, okay, that didn't happen. Mm. I can't live with that pain because that didn't happen. But what happens when he, when the child does that is it creates a behaviour. It's buried it, so it's fucking deep in the subconscious, so you don't know it's there because if you acknowledge it, it's really fucking painful. Mm. So I'm going to bury it, but I'm also going to create this behaviour to pretend it doesn't exist. So if we act this way, then that isn't true. Right. And it's like starts to get really complex now right oh okay so i think i'm for example being confident you know oh okay i'm really insecure and i hate myself and i'm worthless so i'm gonna bury that thought and feeling like so that i don't believe it's real so that i can't see it because if i see that it hurts so much it hurts way too much to see and think and feel about about that particular thought process. So I'm going to close that door. I'm going to put locks across it. I'm going to put camouflage over it. And the camouflage looks like I'm going to be really confident. I'm going to be Jack the Lad. I'm going to be really cocky and arrogant and act like nothing can hurt me and that I'm really you know brave and strong. So that's when you get this type of person who really comes across like they're really, really strong and on all of those characteristics that I mentioned, but scratch a bit beneath the surface, you see actually none of it's real. Yeah. It's just a facade. It's just a, and what that is, that was the child's way of, right, I'm going to create this so that we can survive. Mm. I need that. So you, this is how you behave because I can't survive if I acknowledge the truth of myself and I'll be in too much pain if I continue to, if I, if I actually look at that. So you, but the thing is, this happens without us knowing at a young age. It's only through working with your inner child and asking the right questions that you will you will find this out about yourself. And it might, might you know, that's just an example. There'll be so many different things and characteristics that you've created created based on stuff that happened to you twenty five years ago that you didn't even know. But you've got to start looking. 
Mm. I had a I had a question that come up just from you saying that myself. Um, so are you saying that like when when those uh, thoughts or feelings or whatever are being buried away and then camouflaged up, etc. Mm. Are you saying that that's something that the inner child does now in our present day, or are you saying that it, it did it that then? It did it then. Did so, it then. So, so in that sense, if you're saying that, you're also really saying that that happened and then another 25 years passed, mm-hmm. which is, it, that's, that's long gone. It's like super mm-hmm. buried by mm-hmm. now. Exactly. Right, okay. Cool. And, and this is the problem. So what happens is if somebody pokes that door, you know, without, you know, bearing in mind, I say I'm using myself as an example. Say I have that, that horrible feeling, which I did actually have. And somebody does or says something to me that basically says what's behind that door is, is true. So say somebody says, oh, you think you're fucking all this and all that, but really I know you're just a fucking little pussy that fucking hates himself. Oh, bang. What happens is rage, mm. fury. You, that's what then that's the defense mm. I'm gonna like I've got to bury this so I'm gonna beat that person up I'm gonna I'm gonna destroy that per- I, mm. that's you know that's when that's what happens when you get these overreactions to certain things that happen you don't know right. why mm. I, so my, so say that or someone said something that triggered that but was behind that door that I don't like that I don't know that is there because I haven't done the work I haven't looked behind it haven't worked with my inner child at all but he's buried that, my inner child's buried that secret very, very deep. And somebody says something that basically highlights the truth of me. Mm. My immediate reaction is to, it's like blood boil and I have a snap and I, maybe some people even black out and they do something crazy. They don't know why. And then they sort of wake back up. You know, this is, this is when in the real severe cases, that's what happens is where it's like what PTSD, similar type of thing. It's like, right, I'm burying that. I can't deal with it. And then something happens that triggers a response, an automatic response. And it's to defend. I need to defend myself. I need to keep that, that thought buried. So I'm going to shut that fucking person down now. And then you can maybe say something really fucking nasty and horrible to that person. Or you start a fight with them. And then the next day you're like, why the fuck? Why did I do that? Mm. But you just think, oh, I was acting like a dick. Especially if you were drinking, you could go, oh, I was just drunk. I was just stupid. Yeah. So people don't ever think to to ask the question again, oh, why did I overreact so badly when somebody said something like that to me? Especially when I think I'm really confident, um, I really like who I am and I'm cocky and fun and, you know, happy-go-lucky and nothing scares me, nothing can hurt me. But yet someone said one tiny little thing mm. and yet I'm fucking full to pieces and I rip their head off. Oh, but then again, we don't want to ask those questions. We don't want to, we don't want to see what's beneath because we're afraid, you know, we're to do this work. This is why everybody's, everybody, um, got, um, shies away from doing this work is because it is painful. It's scary. It's scary to, to consider the fact or the possibility that so much of who you are isn't actually real. Mm. A lot of who you are is something that your inner child created to keep itself safe but actually that's those behaviors and those personality traits aren't the true self of you at all. And they are mainly just, you know, purely things that were created to keep yourself safe. And now actually I need to remove all of those things and understand myself and who I really am. That's why I always say, go back and remember who you were when you were really young, when before anything happened, Mm -hmm. try and be as close to that as you can. You know, that's, that's the truest version of you. Um, but to get there means you've got to unpack and open a lot of those doors, unpack a lot of boxes with a lot of buried secrets of yourself 
And that is very overwhelming for most people to even consider looking at that because when you, like I said, when you poke that little part of you, your immediate response is to fucking deny it exists. Mm. So when somebody says something to you, oh, this, I think you might be quite insecure, you'll go, what the fuck? Because your, your child's created a, a defence mechanism to mm. go, no, 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 that's not real. We can't look at that. So it's like, okay, it's almost like an impenetrable defence system that you mm. have to, the only way to get there is by looking yourself. If somebody else is poking it, you're you're not going to want to see, you're not going to want to acknowledge. You've got to slowly, mm. over time, through therapy, through whatever processes you can possibly think of, as many as you can and as much as you can, that's the only way. Mm. I guess you've got to want to do it. Yeah, you've really got to want to do it. Someone said to me about, how do you um how do you become more disciplined i think being disciplined comes from having the desire to understand yourself and i think if you can if you can create a desire within yourself to understand who you are and why you are the way you are and to be the best version of yourself if those are the biggest agendas that you have internally then by nature you will become more disciplined because you want the answers mm. you will want to know do you know what I mean so that yeah you need to become a seeker of of knowing yourself mm. and do, and if if your agenda changes from external to internal then you'll become more disciplined I think mm. I think it's it's harder to be to be disciplined for things externally because they only validate you momentarily. But once you change the focus to, right, it's now I just want to heal, I want to grow, I want to become more, I want to know myself, I want to, I want to uncover the, the darkest parts of me in order to, to become the best version of me. If that becomes the agenda, I think discipline happens because in doing that, you're going to start looking at new processes and new things that are going to awaken the mind in ways that you've never experienced before. And when you do that, you start to feel love for yourself and better in every single way. And you feel more knowledgeable and more free to be the person you've always wanted to be. And the more that happens, the more disciplined you'll become at, at finding out more and more and more. Mm. Do you know what I mean? So it's like, it's like getting money. You know, when someone gets money, they generally want more money. Because they like the the results, you know, they like the the life that it starts to buy for them. Mm. So then they think, oh, I want to get more because then I can have more. The only problem with that is it's external and it's all, you know, temporary. But once you, if you turn the focus to the internal, the the um, it's permanent. Mm. It's a permanent uh, achievement that you have within yourself that can't be taken from you, can't be lost as long as you're continually investing in it. Mm. So I think, yeah, it's it's the key the key to everything is is within the child and that does lead on nicely to the next question which is what can we do to connect with our inner child mm, does lead on really well actually um i think therapy is one of the best ways for sure um but i think the for me the best way is meditation and breath work I think that is, 
are arguably, arguably the best way to speak and connect to your inner child if you do it every single day. Mm. And it's hard, but oh, yeah, so, so, so powerful. Because it's where you, if you learn a certain type of meditation where you basically leave your body um, and you can transport to any sort of time, any place within time that you have visited, you know, so you can go back to when you were 10 and you can go and see yourself at 10. Envisage a place where, um, sorry, not envisage, visualise visualize a place where you were at that age, where you used to play or where you used to be or could be even where you felt safe somewhere and to go and see them inside your mind, connect with them there and understand how they feel. It's, it's almost like connecting to your subconscious at the same, uh, and then listening to what it says. And the thir- first thing that comes up, that comes out of their mouth is something that you will just be so shocked to hear sometimes. You're like, whoa, where did that come from? It's, yeah, it's so profound how different that they may be feeling to what you actually thought as well. Like, I've had been feeling like I've been in a really awesome place sometimes. And then I've done breath work and I've come out in tears because my adult is enjoying this situation, but my my child is absolutely fucking terrified. Of the of present. The present. Yeah, of the present, but based on his opinions of the past. Mm. So then, Opinions created on the, in the past. Sorry to interject on your question. You're just intriguing me with it. Um, but then are you saying it's a case that then you need to both go back to the past in that sense? The best thing about that is, so for example, in my newest relationship, which I mentioned to you the other day, so I was feeling like everything was going to go wrong. This per- this relationship I have now is just so wonderful and so is making me so happy. And my fear is that it's going to go wrong, that I'm going to get hurt, that I'm going to get let down. And um, because it, it, it just almost sometimes feels too good to be true. And it was making me look for bad things in the present. It was making me dubious. It was making me suspicious. Um, So when I meditated with my inner child and I spoke to him, my understanding was then that it it, it was the mum. It was right, well, mum did this to us, mum did that to us. And, you know, she she's going to hurt us. You know, that's what all women do, basically. Mm. And it's like, okay, so you're, it was your mum. It, was, it wasn't anything to do with my present situation. And when I came out of that, I was, he, he was so scared and so sad. And it was like my fear was dry, derived from his opinion of women, mm. which was formed upon my mum. So then it was like, okay, so it has nothing to do with now. <laughs> nothing. And I cried I because cried it was almost like I let go of that. And I I helped him. So I spoke back to him and said, okay, well, look, Sarah's not mum. Mm. Sarah is Sarah. She's also not any of the previous girls that, that I've been in relationships with that haven't gone materialised. She's none of them. And we are also not in the same place. We are one. You know, me and you are together and I have you and you have me. You know, I'm going to look after you. So whether things go bad or not, doesn't matter. I've got you. I'm going to carry you through every single thing you ever need. I'm going to, I'm going to show up for you every single day. So we don't need to be afraid of anything that's going to happen with, with any relationship or any person for that matter. 
because I've got you and you've got me. And that's when he was like, yeah, I do. And then it was like the next few times I visited him, he was really happy because mm. he just come and hugged me. He's like, hey, I'm all right because I know you've got me. Mm. So, and again, that was his original formed idea was that I need a woman to feel safe. So there's this two, this very conflicting mindsets that my inner child had around women. One, they're going to hurt you. Two, you're never going to be okay without one or you're never going to be good enough without one mm. to make you feel safe. <laughs> so one, they're not going to, they're going to hurt you. But the other one is you need them there to make you feel safe. So I was like, so confused because at one, that's why I kept having difficult relationships with the women was because on one hand, I absolutely loved and adored them because I felt like I needed them there. But on the other hand, completely didn't trust them. Mm. So then would abandon them, you know, or destroy it because I thought it was going to go wrong anyway. So I'll take control and I'll destroy it myself. Mm. You know, so it's, so that, that's just one facet of my inner child's thought process towards women mm. or two facets. There's so many more and that's just with women. Do you know what I mean? So it's like, the more you look, it's like, there's, it is unbelievable how much is there mm. that, that you just don't know, that you just didn't realise. Mm. Um, so yeah, I find, and don't get me wrong, I've done a lot of therapy around this stuff, um, but I've not connected to my inner child in the same way that I have through breath work mm. that I did in therapy. There has been some really powerful therapy sessions, but not nowhere near as many. I've already, bearing in mind, I've been doing therapy every week for four years and I've been doing breath work for two years. And in the last year, I've only really been doing breath work and meditation in a way that allows me to connect with my inner child. Mm. And in the last year, I've had more growth, more healing with my inner child than in the previous three years doing, doing therapy on it. Mm. So personally, I think it is free as well to do breath work and meditation to connect with your inner child mm. but it, it takes time and practice and consistency to get to a place where you really are connecting with them and healing mm. and coming out of it with real physical emotion that is purging pain away from you and letting go of thoughts and you know preconceived ideas of the of the world you know negative core beliefs is what we call them in therapy you know, letting go of these negative core beliefs that you have that are really dominating the way you you behave in the present in the present world. Mm. So you would say that just for anyone that's out there that's never done it before, that's that's listening and wanted a um, just a consolidated thing um, on that. If they was to be, if they wanted to connect with their own child, you'd say meditation and breath work. Obviously, if they if they can't go to a therapist or don't want to go to a therapist, if you can too. do yeah, if you can do all three, great. But if you haven't got the money for therapy, I think you're going to be just as good doing it through breath work and meditation. But research and and read up about how to do it and on YouTube. Can you find them on YouTube? Yeah, you can do it on YouTube. There's also a good book called The Silver Method, which teaches you about meditation. It's also good for manifestation. That book, but is that the book you gave me the other day? Yeah, yeah. I'm still reading. So the that doesn't talk to you about inner child or anything like that, but that does have a really good meditation method that um, gets you into, I think, either alpha or beta um, mind control. So you can control your mind um, in through the meditation, and I I basically used that to connect to my inner child. Wow. Just used it differently. Okay. So that in that book, it's all about using it to almost visualize your present and 
that says to look at your life like a movie and then you basically swipe what's happening in present real life in the, to the left and bring in a picture of what you want to happen. Mm. Do that every day with the same thing over and over and over again. And eventually with the picture that you swipe into the, into the view is what will happen. Mm. And it does work to be fair. Yeah. It really does work. That. Yeah. Which again, perfectly leads into the next question, which was what does the inner child represent in terms of understanding the universe in your opinion? Mm. So this is something that I was playing with recently. Now, this is just a theory, really. Um, But I believe that the closer we can get to what was before, the closer we are to the universe, right? The closer we are to the laws of the universe, to the... So whatever we was before, wherever wherever we were being, wherever our energy was, then I think that's the closest connection to the universe we can possibly have. Mm. Okay, so the closest that we are to that in with a conscious mind is birth, mm. right? And then, so what we're trying to do is with our inner child, if you're trying to work back through your inner child, you're connecting to the universe, in my view. This, again, is only an opinion and a theory that I have. But I truly believe that because obviously we came from somewhere. Our energy came from somewhere into our, wherever it lives before mm. or wherever it lives after we die, I think the closer we can connect to whatever that is, is is only going to help us become the best version of ourselves, our, our purest and most... um untainted version of us, you know, because we're corrupted by the environment. Mm-hmm. I feel yep. when we come out of the womb, we're just innocent and pure and have no corruption or we have no stains left on us because of the marks that the the world around us gives us and makes us view things differently. So I think we have to try and if we can get closer to that, then it's going to fill us with, I don't know when I do it, it just fills me with this light, this this energy that changes the way I think, the way I feel. Mm. And I just, yeah, I can't help but think there's something in that. There's something in going back. It's the same as looking at you know old religions like Egyptians. The further back you go, the closer they are to the source of the mm. truth of what really happened with us, with humanity, mm. how we got here, how we came to be. Because they're going, because we can go further back and look at whatever brought them to this place. For example, the pyramids, you know, who built it? Well, wherever, whatever information they were being given about the religions that they believed in, mm. you know, somebody gave them that because that religion is prominent in many other cultures on different parts of the planet that didn't even know each other existed. Mm. You know, so uh, again... Same, if you, same same with the design of the buildings. This is definitely not the yeah, podcast the dimensions to be talking about that, the, but, yeah, the yeah. dimensions of our planet. How did they know? Yeah. So there is something in about, for me, about what is before and what is after that we can try to connect to and become closer to. And I think the closer we can be to the child of ourselves that is the truest version of us because that is what we were when we, we, were con- when we conceived even and when we were born. Mm. You know, So that's where we're trying to connect to. Because it connects us, and that's what I think is connecting us to the universe in doing work through your inner child. Mm. But again, this is just something that has been coming to me recently. I don't even know why. Mm. But in the work I've been doing, it's just been this thought like, oh God, this makes sense. This makes sense to me. It adds up that why is, why is the secrets of ourselves locked in the child? Why? Mm. Because it's the closest part of us. It's the closest we were to the source, mm. to whatever it was that we were before. 
that was my, that's my belief now. That is what I'm starting yeah. to learn, starting to understand. And you're literally, you're literally talking to someone that thinks that they are the universe experience in itself. That's literally how I feel about my life. <laughs> well, there you go. And that's me saying that we, we are, we are that. But before consciousness, before conception, before birth, we were part of the universe without a physical form, right? Mm. So what I'm saying is that the closer we can get into that in our minds, the better, the more we can understand ourselves and more, the more we understand the universe. I think the more we understand our inner child, the more we, the closer we are to whatever was before, therefore understanding the universe better. Mm. That's my theory, yeah. which I love. <laughs> yeah, I love that. And I think there's, that nearly opens up a topic which is definitely probably not your podcast, but mm. could sit here and talk about that for days, absolute days. Mm. Okay, next question. How do we build a relationship with our inner child? It's a real simple one, to be fair. Talk to him or her. But that might sound silly and it may feel really silly, but it's just a case of asking how they are. Um, and if you're doing the processes that we mentioned, then they're going to tell you anyway. But it, yeah, I guess it is that simple, really, just to try. Mm. To try, to not be afraid, to not feel silly or stupid trying to talk to you in a child, but to do it every single day where you, my advice would be to sit somewhere where you won't be in, interrupted, where it's quiet. Um, you can maybe even put some meditation music on, just sit with your eyes closed, breathe, feel rested, feel calm and feel at peace and try to find them. And when you see them in your mind, just ask them, how are they? Um, and just hear, see what is said back to you. Mm. The first thing that comes back to you will. This might be a stupid question at this stage. Is this something you're saying out loud or just in your head? This is all. all in your head. Can be either or. I do it in my head. Some people might do it out loud. I don't think that matters. Mm. But yeah, for me, it's about I do it inside. I like to be inside my mind and transporting myself to a place. I, I think a good way is, like I've said, is to try and remember where where they used to play, where you used to play as a kid, where they were kind of feeling happy and, and enjoying life and go and see them there. Or you might even want to see them in maybe the darkest place mm. because I've done that too. Like uh, my bedroom when I was a kid, I've gone to see him and he's crying in his bed and I've got down on my knees to the side of the bed and I've held his hand and I said, you're going to come with me now. We don't need to be in here no more. We don't need to be scared because I've got you. So I took, got him up, I picked him up and I took him out of my house because that house is where all the chaos was. And now where I see him, I see him in the park that was across the road. Mm. So I don't see him in that house anymore. Mm. Um, yeah, and all these things, you know, they're just different ways of connecting and making the inner child feel safe so that they can communicate with you. It's like, it's like a real child. It is. Treat them like a real person they are a real person is part of you mm. um i think it has to be literal like that it's not theoretical it's they are part of you google it mm. <laughs> like in a child isn't a theory do you know what i mean it's like you you have your inner child and it's mm. profoundly wise and it's profound how much they can teach you about who you really are if you're willing to connect to them i think this is the most important thing that any human being could be doing every single day to become the best version of themselves is to work with their inner child it is one of the best ways to connect with the universe. So 
just speak to them. Just be asking them questions. Make them feel safe to, so that they can talk back and nurture them and love them and care for them as if they were your own son or daughter. That's the way. That's what you, they, they need you to parent them. They need you to make them feel safe, to be vulnerable about what they feel and what they think. Those secrets they've buried, the truth of you, they don't want to tell you. They don't want you to even know. So you need to make them feel safe that it's okay for them to tell you and to show you what's actually happening for you so that then you can help them move away from it. So you can educate them on the truth of the matter. You know, for example, feeling worthless came from having my mum tell me, not tell me, make me feel as though I was not even good enough for her to want to stay alive to be my mother anymore. So that behaviour said made my inner child say to me myself that right you are there's something wrong with you because your own mum doesn't even want to live she doesn't even want to be your mum and I had a similar situation with my dad so both parents uh, were either abandonment or neglectful or abusive therefore inner child says there's something wrong with you but what he does with that behavior is he buried it blocked it out and then created this other personality that was really cocky arrogant and you know eventually got addicted to drugs mm. because the drugs was about keeping that secret locked away. Mm. You know, there's the only way I could manage the facade for the for the foreseeable was to have something in me to keep the fakeness going. Mm -hmm. But eventually, you know, you can't hide from who you are. But you've got to make your child feel safe about bringing that stuff out into the light, you know, by showing up for them every day. Mm. You've got to be consistent with them, just like just like any real kid. You know, if a, if a kid's been neglected and abused and hurt and they go into a foster home with new parents, they ain't going to trust that parent at all. They're not going to, they're going to misbehave. They're going to act out. They're going to basically not want to show them any love in any way, shape or form. They won't trust them um, and they won't want to talk about anything that's happened mm. until that parent has shown consistently how much they love them how much they care for them, how much they're going to show up for them and, you know, eventually making them feel safe enough that they want to talk about whatever's happened to them and they want to start, you know, letting these things go and start trusting them and start allowing themselves to love them and let them take the role of being mum or dad, mm. you know. So it's the same. Same for us about our traumatised inner child is is broken and sad and has all these different defence mechanisms to keep the truth locked away. And we have to slowly dismantle all of that gently, kindly and con consistently mm. by showing up, being there. And, and actually build that, um, build their trust over time. Yeah. Build trust and more than anything, just show them that you're strong and you are capable to almost take over the reins now. Because basically the, the child is controlling everything. The child is the one doing all of the work and, like I said, controlling the way you speak and act and think. And basically what you need to do is build enough trust that the child will let you start making the decisions mm -hmm. because he's doing what he knows how to do best to try and keep himself safe. But those behaviours are formed based on things that happened 25 years ago that aren't helping you anymore. Mm -hmm. And you need to basically show him that those things aren't helping. You know, I've got a different way of behaving now. Should we, should we try this? And he's like, okay. But that tussle is 
it's a long fight and it takes time and he's going to keep doing the same shit and you're going to have to, you know, work with him and, or her to get to a point where he's going to go, all right, yeah, let's do it your way. You know, it sounds crazy to think of yourself as two people like that, but this is genuinely how the mind works. Yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say, I don't think that sounds that crazy really. And obviously like <clears throat> if anyone did think that then, even though it's nothing that I know anything about, I think it's really interesting. I do want to try that kind of stuff. I'm mm. super open to it. But obviously, if you're going to therapy with trained psychiatrists, th- therapists, and they're helping with that uh, inner child stuff, then obviously more people do need to be aware how legit and how big of an impact that is on your life. Every single therapist in the world will be doing this with every single one of their patients, mm. without a doubt. They will always be work working with people and their and their inner child. The thing is, some people they are so traumatized that there is no way in. As in, the child has built a, such a defense around the the truth mm. that they've created another reality for them to live in, and there's no way you're getting in. Mm. And it's sad. What's that? Unsavable. There's nothing you can do. It's like, it is so severe. The trauma is so severe that they they couldn't bear to think of facing the reality of whatever happened to them mm. and how it's impacting them, how it's changed them. And it's, yeah, it's almost like trying to get into a cracked safe, uh, trying to get into a safe, you know, without, without a key, without any way of getting in. It's just like, no, it's buried. There's no way you're getting in. Mm. Oh, I'm going to continue behaving this way for the rest of my life. And, it's, and that's it. Mm. And that does actually lead into... Uh, Greatly, another question. Um, what is the hardest thing about inner child work? I think... There's lots of hard things about doing inner child work. One of them is how long it takes. Because... You're, whenever you start, say, 25, you're basically trying to unpack 25 years of feeling or thinking a certain way and all it all it wants to do is fight you. All it wants to do is tell you no because it doesn't want you to look there. Mm. So you're basically trying to shine lights on things that, that he or she doesn't want you to see, so he'll fight you and tell you no, <laughs> not doing it. So you're basically working against yourself for a long time until eventually bring the barrier down. That's one of the hardest things. Mm. When you eventually get that barrier down, then you have to face these individual things. One, how vast it is. Two, how painful it is once you start looking at each one. You know, it's it's crazy when you start to see how much of you isn't you and everything is basically just what happened to you. And that's why I love that Carl Jung saying, I am not what happened to me, I am what I chose to become. That is the process of working with your inner child, essentially, because your inner child is what happened to you when it's untreated and unhealed. Mm. And it's about choosing to become something different than what happened to you. Mm. But to do that, we have to work with our inner child to show them that actually all of this stuff is just because of what happened to you. Mm. You know, so but in doing that, you have to basically, like I said, go back. You have to go back to what happened and relive it almost and experience it in present day adult um, so in your present adult go back to revisit the, the trauma and feel it this time because what happens is as a child like I say you block it out right that didn't happen 
didn't fucking happen because it was so painful. Okay, so now I'm going to go back and I'm going to relive it. And I'm going to actually see what really happened. Do you know what I mean? It's like, I'm going to... It's like, basically, say you, you're watching a film and then one of the scenes is just cut out. One of the scenes is just cut out and, they're, and they're, their character then decides that that's... They're going to behave as if it never happened and pretend. But then you start to see all all of these behaviours come out and you're like, well, I, I need to know what happened because yeah, he's, yeah. he's acting differently to what he did before that scene that was cut. <laughs> so I'm going to go back and I'm going to, I'm going to go through that scene and I'm going to actually watch it this time. So you go back and you watch the scene. I love how you gave, gave me an example using a film. <laughs> <laughs> perfect. Perfect for you. Understood so, it. Understood it to a So two. you go back and you watch that scene again. And then that's brutal. And again, it's another painful thing. Do you know what I mean? Watching some of the abuse and the neglect and the violence and the trauma that I had suffered going through that was agonising. Agonising. Not only to watch it again, but then to actually see what it meant to me. How it changed me, how it like, how it made my behaviours and my views of the world change. Like my behaviours changed into something totally different. The way I saw women was totally different. The way I saw friendships was totally different. The way I saw everything was completely formed based on the abusive and neglectful relationships that I had with both my parents. And then that was overwhelming to suddenly it was like relief too as well because right okay I'm just I'm not just a horrible person mm. I'm just really damaged and I'm really affected by all of this the, the stuff that I've been pretending that didn't hurt me my whole life oh actually now I see it really has affected me in every single way then that in itself again is another like ow mm. fuck so there really isn't much of the inner child work that isn't painful but this is the thing, it's either live in, that dis- live in the discomfort and grow or live comfortably and don't grow at all. Mm. It's like, right, you've got to put yourself in an uncomfortable situation every day, mentally and emotionally, in order to understand yourself because that's the way to go forward. Mm. But if you want to just p- pretend nothing happened and stay ignorant to it all and just keep behaving because it's easy to do that, but you're going to keep hurting yourself and you're going to keep hurting other people around you, but... That's that's no way to live for me. Like I couldn't I couldn't live like that anymore. I, I wanted to I wanted to change. I wanted to I didn't want to be the way I was anymore. I guess it was easier for me as well because I could see this consequences consequences of my actions hurting my son and hurting me and hurting everyone around me. But some people are less it's less obvious. You know, it's less obvious what they're doing and and it's less less obvious how their inner child is orchestrating so many parts of their life, just living in fear, essentially, and mm. not willing to try things, not willing to take risks because they're so scared. Mm. You know, that could be a smaller version of it, but it's like, okay, why are you scared? It's most likely because something happened 20 years ago and you haven't got over it yet. Yeah. When I went to rehab, this was profound, right? So I went to rehab and this young man was in would there. You do, was you doing inner child work then, or was it...? Mm. No, this wasn't necessarily about uh, inner child. This was more just about how how your mind can can basically trap yourself in a certain amount of time. Right. So, but he was younger. So he, when he was like eighteen or something, his best mate died in a, in a motorbike accident with him. They were basically racing each other, and he basically when he got he was racing. They went different ways, and then when he got he got onto another road, he'd seen his mate hit by a bus, and just in pieces, basically mm. awful, and. 
since that moment, he'd basically created, uh, developed a, an addiction to alcohol. He developed a heart problem and also he couldn't, um, the fear of being on a bus. So he, his mind has been trapped in that same place because his yeah, heart, yeah. the guy's heart stopped. So he ca- he thought he had a problem with his heart. Yeah. He, he was having panic attacks on buses. You know, all of these, basically these things, the more he told, there was more to the story as well, uh, uh, more to the story than that as well. But he basically was stuck mm. there. He was crippled so much by what he'd seen that it was affecting him. He thought he was going to die of a heart, you know, his heart was going to stop. He thought he was going to have a heart attack or he thought he was going to, and he couldn't deal with the bus for some reason. And I basically put it together for him. I was like, have you not realised you've never left that scene? Yeah. Do you know what I mean? His heart stopped there. The bus was there. I was like, and all these other little things that he was saying, I was like, you're just living that scene now and it's preventing you from living your life. It's exactly the same for us. You know, we've got to, we've got to be willing to start looking at all of these things that have affected us in order for us to let them go and stop being the narrative for the present, essentially. Mm. And do you think as well, it's just a question that I thought of a minute ago, that um, do you think that there could ever be a time or is there ever a consistent amount of times where you go back, where you, you go to do your, your breath work or meditation, you go to visit your inner child, that you go there and he's just fine? Like on a consistent basis to the point where you're like, do I, I don't know if I have to keep coming back here anymore because you're fine every time I come back. Um, do you know what I mean? Is is there an end goal to that? I don't know. I don't know. Maybe there is, maybe there isn't. Um, I don't know because there's so much. I do think you get to a point where most of the time there is, yeah. but then every like now and again. Like you just feel safe. Yeah, right. yeah. yeah, yeah. I, I'm starting to feel like that myself now. Mm. I'm starting to see him more often and he's more, he feels more happy. Sorry, and I'm just going to keep jumping in here with quick fire questions. And does that make you feel better now, present world, adult you? Yeah, of that course. That does make you feel a lot yeah. better now. That, okay. Oh, when, mate, when I, when I went to do breath work and I went to see my inner child and he, because rarely do I, does he look, he, he never till this point actually looked up at me. Oh. Always looking down, always looking away because he was almost like scared and sad. And then this time he just looked right up at me and smiled and jumped on me and gave me a hug and said, I'm always safe because I've got you. Mm. He's never said anything like that before, ever. And I'd, and then when I finished that one, I just cried so happy. It's like so happy tears, like fucking hell, the work I'm doing is changing me so much, like profoundly changing me mm. and allowing me to grow. But and, and since then, he's actually been pretty good. He's always been, yeah, it's like uh, sometimes sometimes you can't get to him. I always find I like you can't actually connect to them and that might be because you're distracted with busy mind or whatever. And you might only get like 30 seconds with them sometimes or you might get two minutes. I think the most I've probably ever had was about four or five minutes. Mm. So it's, it's hard to stay with them, I found. Some people might be better at it than me. Maybe that's my ADHD brain, but mm. it... It is challenging sometimes to get enough time with them, but the minute he's not giving me loads of time because he's just happy, and it's almost like he just wants to go off and play. Yeah. yeah. So he's just kind of like, yeah, I'm really happy, I'm really good. So, but it's always good to have in mind to try and connect with them anyway, even if you think everything's going well. But I've actually at the minute I'm having a few days off it because I've not been well and body needs to rest. So I've not been doing breath work. I've not been doing cold water. I've still been meditating, mm. um, but 
I've just been, yeah, resting my body because it's a little bit broken <laughs> from being ill. Like I've got a sore throat, I've got a blocked nose. I'm like, okay, no cold showers now because I'm just like, yeah, I need to just rest. My body needs to rest. So I made that decision. But yeah, I just, I, I think if you can do it every day as much as possible, you're going to find out more and more and more. And eventually there'll be less that you need to worry about. But bear in mind, I've been doing this for four years. Yeah. So mm. more intensively for the last two so it's a lot of time, a lot so it of work. Could, it could realistically be something that you, over time, kind of, uh, I guess, phase off is is something that you know that you can just go back there every couple of weeks maybe and just yeah. check in as opposed to having to have to feel like you have to do it every day, even though you enjoy it. Yeah, I personally think that I'll try and do it every day if I can. But like I said, you don't always get to him. But if I, if I can, and I, I don't see why I wouldn't, I think it's the best thing because – you'll be surprised how you can feel, like I said, you can feel great and you can think everything's going really well, but your child's not. And then suddenly it brings you, that's the best thing about it. It re, it gives, brings you back to reality, mm. brings you back to the truth of what's really happening for you because we're very good at convincing ourselves that we're fine yep. because we don't want to face the truth. But if you connect to your inner child in this way, you can see where they're really at. And also when they trust you, they're going to instantly tell you the truth and tell you what's happening. And then you can base, which is annoying sometimes because you can suddenly, you can be in a really good mood and then suddenly you're like, oh fuck, I'm a bit fucked. But that's, that's, the, that's the hardship of the work. That's the, that's how it, that's what it takes to become the best version of yourself, being willing to maybe give up what feels really comfortable and happy to swap that for feeling really uncomfortable and sad mm. in order to grow and in order to learn the lessons you need to learn and, mm -hmm. and move forward. Mm -hmm. Okay. And what do you think that you can expect when you start working to heal your inner child? What can you expect? What can you expect first off? Say I was to go home and do it tonight. What could I expect? Or not necessarily tonight. Cause that's, that's not even fair. Cause you've been doing it for four years to get to where you are. But what, what, what could I expect if I started getting into it and doing it on a regular basis? Well, initially, I think you can not don't expect too much. Mm -hmm. um, but everybody's different. You know, everybody's ability to connect emotionally um, with themselves will be different, I think. But I, I think you can, you can just, ex you can expect to find out things that you never knew. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you can expect to, yeah, you can ex expect to be shocked at the truth of yourself, but you can also expect to be in a lot of pain. And if you're going to do it, do it in a, a really safe environment, a really comfortable, safe place, you know, because it's going to be, it's going to open your eyes to things that you really aren't ready, you weren't ready to hear. Mm. <laughs> do you know what I mean? You were, the more you, mm, to say, not, that's a bad way of putting it. It's not that you're not ready to hear them. You're just really what, shocked to hear. Wasn't expecting to hear. Yeah, yeah, yeah a lot. Mm things that you didn't know about yourself, like I said, that you buried really deep. But initially, you might not find out too much. But like I say, it's about being consistent and knowing that I'm going towards somewhere. I have the faith, have the belief, have the trust that if you continue to do the work, eventually it will bring you to a place of um, overwhelmingly new details about yourself that you didn't know you know, life-changing things that you didn't know that will profoundly impact your life forever mm. and allow you to make changes and heal in ways you never imagined. 
And that does that actually leads nicely into what was the most surprising thing that you discovered whilst working with your inner child? <sighs> so much, so much. Well, one of the most surprising was about I always thought that my my anger and my resentment and my biggest disappointment and frustration was aimed at my dad, but it was nothing really to do with him. It was always the mum. It was mainly to do with everything that she did. And I basically just completely blanked everything out that she did. Mm. I just always focused on my dad because it was the physical presence of him beating me up yeah. that made me, that was the biggest thing. It, it, that was what I, I could physically remember but my mind had blocked out a lot of stuff that she'd done that had impacted me most of all with regards to the way I had loving, you know, the way I, my trust in people and the way I viewed love, you know, the way I viewed women, you know, it, it affected, she affected way more in the way I felt about the world mm. than I could have ever imagined. And also another one was one of the most surprising things, you know, I was very career driven very good at um, earning money and always wanted to earn money. And I genuinely thought that was because I wanted to get away from my dad. I thought if I build this, then I can leave. And it's like, no, that was what I told myself. That was the story. But the truth really was I wanted my dad to say, well done. Mm. I wanted him to be proud. Mm. You know, and these are all little moments that when you, when you acknowledge them and you, you know them, it's like a penny drop, like a light bulb. But that light in itself of seeing it is painful, mm. so emotional, so sad to realise. I thought it was, I thought I was this way my whole life because of because of this mm. that I thought was something that I had created myself. But no, it was because I wanted to prove this to that person. It's like, wow. Mm. So really, everything I did wasn't even for me. Yeah, yeah. I was just doing it because I wanted them to say well done. Yeah. And, and then. You can change it and then you can, once you know that, then you can change it. Do you know what I mean? Right, okay, so now when I go and create something, I'm not doing it for that person. I'm doing it for me. I'm doing it because I, you know, I want to be proud of myself. I don't want anybody else to tell me well done, mm. you know? So same behaviour but for, with a different narrative behind it creates something totally different mm. yeah. and, and longer lasting as well. I do remember you saying about uh, that story and you said about... Um and even if even if your dad did turn around and say to you like well done mm. it's like a momentary thing yeah such no, a shortly yeah, lived thing just... and then you said before you like and then you do say like two weeks later fuck it up anyway <laughs> exactly so you know all of that you know it's mad that I did all that I created this empire for something one that never fucking happened mm. and two even if it did happen it wouldn't have meant anything because of the gravitas and the weight that I'd put on it yeah. it we could never have lived up to what I needed it to be right. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Uh, yeah. So it'd have just been a quick, like, well done. <laughs> yeah, and then I'd have been like, fucking hell, all of those years and years for that, and then it didn't mean anything because then a week later, like I said, he'd have ripped it all down anyway by being a cunt. <laughs> so it's like crazy, but then yeah, that's these are massive things that you start to understand about yourself. But once you know the truth, once you shine the light on these things, they're not in the darkness anymore. They're not in the subconscious anymore. They're no longer then controlling or being the reasoning behind you doing certain things, you know, and that, that way it could be that you can change the narrative to something more positive, something more fulfilling, something more meaningful, something that will actually be sustainable long-term and realistic, you know, is that, that you need to, you need to see what these things are in order to, to make those changes, to be the best version of you. Mm -hmm. And what do you think the biggest benefits are of working with your inner child? 
I think, I think you can become the version of yourself that you were always supposed to be. I think you can be less afraid of, of who you really are. I think you can introduce the softer, more pure, kind and sweet version of you into the world without fear because you've nurtured them and loved them and, and brought them into it. So it's, yeah, I think it's to live more freely in your truest form. You can live more freely in your truest form when you have understood the nature of your inner child because as much as there's behaviours within your inner child that you don't want anymore, there are lots of him or her that you do want that you have been afraid to be because your inner child has locked them away. So being able to be all of those things without fear anymore is the most enlightening beautiful thing that you can experience and what about when you get to that stage how would you nurture your inner child once you've established that collection with them and are there any specific questions that you should be asking nurturing the inner child like i said before is about consistency in showing up for them um so to nurture them is is to to show up for them every single day by continually invest, investing into yourself and into the understanding of self, you know, into working out the deepest, darkest parts of you. If you continually invest into that daily through such as meditation, cold water, breath work, therapy, journaling, you know, these are all things that, 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 connect you with your inner child if you're showing up for yourself in in that way and it could be gym it could be various different things positive things that you can do again down to individuals and researching um what works best and trying everything but that continually continually showing up for them will um will nurture them in the best way and, and the questions you should be asking is really how do i feel about myself i guess is the biggest one how do you feel about yourself what is it you want to know what it is they're telling you. What are they telling you about yourself that's making you behave the way you are? What is it that they think is true of the world? What is it they think is true of people around us? What is it they think is true of men? What is it they think is true of women? Okay, when they give you the answer, why? Yeah, why do you feel that way? Why do you feel that way? Because this happened. Do you think you could ask a question as direct as, as that, as, as even saying like, Mm. how do you feel about women, for mm. example? Yeah. You can and, they go, the and they might come up showing, I don't trust them. Mm. Straight away, they'll give you an answer. Not always, sometimes they might go, I don't know, but sometimes if you're really connected, it'll just go bang, it'll give you an answer and you're like, mm. I didn't expect that. And then you go, where does that come from? And you might not get an answer then, but then it's led you into a place where you want to know. Mm. So then you might consciously think back as an adult, not talking to the child, when did a woman make me not trust them? When did, okay, because obviously I, my relationship with women was built upon my mum. Okay, so what did my mum do? Can I think? Can I think? And you start asking more and more questions and you start to think of your life and experiences and you might remember something that you didn't think that you'd totally neglected to remember and then you go, oh, fuck. That's why he feels like that. You connect the dots yourself. Might not always be a child that gives you the exact answer, but he leads you into the place that gives you the answer. So, yeah, it is about 
asking as many questions as you can possibly think of about about you, you know, and especially about things that you you know within yourself. Don't maybe reflect the the person that you want to be. You know, when you're if so, there's a great thing in in the book, uh, the Chimp Paradox, where it says, write down a list of everything that you want to be as a person, okay, and anything that contradicts that list as a per, as you are now is just your emotional response to things. That list is who you are. That's your true self. That list that you've made of who you want to be is who you truly are. But your emotional response to things that contradicts that list now, is just, that's all that is. It's just your emotional response. And your emotional response is what? Your child. Your child has built a... Um, a, a thought process behind that certain people or things that happen, which trigger responses that will contradict that list right now. But our job is to grow and heal so that we can get as close to that true self as we can by mm. helping them understand that everything that they're doing and why they're doing it isn't actually necessary anymore because those things happened and they didn't happen because of anything about you or anything about the real world or you don't need to protect yourself in that way anymore because one I'm here I've got you so you don't need to keep doing that you know so I'm going to look after you so that that's the job that's the, the target that we have to kind of work with our inner child to do it's like becoming that that truest form of us mm. Mm. and that um almost concludes it the final one was actually a response to, I believe, maybe a question that you'd put out on the Addictive Talk um, Instagram account. Uh, and it was in regards to somebody that had asked a question to their inner child. Mm. Um, and the inner child said that they were stupid and worthless. Mm. And I guess the uh, there's nothing else with that, but I guess uh, your thoughts on that and your kind of feedback. For How it. sad is that? How sad is that 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 when you ask your inner child that question, that's the answer that you get. And the saddest thing about that too is that you'll be surprised at how many people who ask themselves or their inner child that question, they'll give the same answer. Most of, I'm sure, people watching um, my content will want to heal in some way or another, presumably, because that's what everything I do is about. So... The, a vast majority of them will ask that question depending on where they are in their healing journey and they will get that answer. And that's so sad, but the, the biggest question is then next to go, why? Like we just said, mm. why do you, um, why do you feel that way? What happened to you or who made you think that that's what you, that's what you are, mm. you know, and that's, it's so good to finish on that as well because it's like there's the reality. That's a true life situation. I posted a question to say, what does your inner child say to you today? And that was what somebody said. And that just goes to show that the work I'm talking about isn't, it's not bullshit. You know, this isn't, you know, a fairy tale or a theory. It's it's like people genuinely have an inner child that will say and tell them things every single day. And for a lot of, a lot of society, it's not nice what our inner child thinks, our negative core beliefs about ourselves and the world is is really sad, just like that poor lady felt about herself. And the fact of the matter is, if you're asking the question, you're in the right place mm. and you're not going to like what you hear. But if you don't like what you hear, that's almost a good sign because now you know what I need to fix. Mm. Do you know what I mean? I know where I need to heal. I know what I need to work on. I know... 
exactly where my focus needs to be in order for me to get better. And you're going to be surprised about what it tells you. You know, it was like what I said in one of the other podcasts, you know, I've got friends or a friends as well, where I, I know exactly what they need to focus on. And, you know, those that inner child is, is, is it, you know, it's it, you know, it's, it's, it's the key to every, everybody and everyone. If they want to improve self-worth and they want to grow and heal, the inner child is the answer. The inner child will tell you everywhere you need to you need to go. Not immediately, but through consistency, showing up and working with that inner child every single day, you are going to find the truth of yourself. And then you're going to be able to become the version of you you were always meant to be. And I think that is a perfect place to end. <laughs> that was a really good podcast. Yeah, I knew that one was going to be sick. <laughs>